When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark with you today. And more thoughts on as the uh, coaching carousel turns. When and if an announcement comes from Nebraska, what's that timeline look like? We are on day two of Mickey Watch. Is, uh, we'll see if the former Husker quarterback finds his way back to Lincoln as part of Scott Frost's offensive staff. Where's Nebraska at on the offensive line uh, as far as that hire? And is is the OC thing done? We're just waiting on, on the weekend games to finish up so the uh, the full announcement can happen. Numbers to get in can join us today on Hale Varsity Radio. 4663737 7, 7, 4, 6, 6, 7, 6, 800 825 5865 numbers to get in uh, can email chris at hail and be sure to uh, fire us off uh, an email chris at hail follow us on twitter chris at underscore 27. Mitch Sherman on the way from the athletic in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, Dean Blevins, uh, Oklahoma Sooner insider, former host. He's still going to be the coaches show host, but former host of the Lincoln Riley show. We'll get caught up with Dino on that divorce. Someone wants the lake house. The kids hate the parents. It's, it's, uh, it's not good. Uh, clearly, as uh, we'll hear from Lincoln Riley's press conference a little bit uh, later on. And Notre Dame, where do they go with Brian Kelly uh, departing? 11 minutes. Connor, have you ever been uh, in, 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 and as you get older, meetings sometimes take way, way too long. But the old uh, 7 a.m. team meeting this morning, I think it was about 11 minutes on on the nose for Brian Kelly to say, see ya. Uh, thanks for everything. Uh, I'm out of here. I'm headed down to a warmer climate. I'm headed down to a recruiting fertile, a, fer, a fertile recruiting area. And I'm uh, headed down to the bayou. Peace out. Uh, 11 minutes. Is that a, is that a record? Uh, I think when I try and hold meetings with you guys, I keep it to like five minutes. It's not quite worth your time coming in, but you're not agonizing sitting through it. Well, you're also talking to either one or two people at the same time. You're not talking to an entire football team. 11 minutes, and I just saw that literally right before we went on today. And that is, is really shocking. And I, and I was kind of looking through the comments of it, too. And 
everybody's like, oh, LSU's getting a terrible hire. Brian Kelly can't even win at Notre Dame. Imagine, like, what he can do in the SEC, like the cupcake schedule and everything like that. But 11 minutes, very short for a, a team meeting with a team that has potential to make the college football playoff, depending on what happens this weekend in champ week. But just very odd situation. Just the, the fact that, A, he's leaving. I did not expect that to happen. And then, B, how quick the turnaround was from South Bend, Indiana to Baton Rouge. Um, as, as you mentioned, quite the climate change there, um, which I'm sure Brian Kelly is not too upset about. But 11 minutes, it's got to be some kind of record. Something like that. Uh, did he ghost his coaches? That's the reports from different media outlets. This plays into Nebraska because Mickey Joseph, uh, uber-talented recruiter, he's coached wideouts, he's coached first-round wideouts, he's found talent that, yeah, have stars next to their name, but he's also found uh, talent um, that that are three-star. Now, a three-star in Louisiana can be, I don't know, four-star everywhere else, right? So that's that's the interesting part. What does Brian Kelly do with staff that he wants to take with him from Notre Dame? What does he do with staff that's at LSU? Corey Raymond, former Nebraska assistant, I think is at Indiana. And... Uh, it, it's just it, it's just a mix and match. Do if you're Brian Kelly, do you keep uh, a guy like Mickey Joseph? If you're Mickey Joseph, you got to weigh your options here because there's other really good jobs open that are gonna be open. And do you come back home? You've you've been pretty much in Louisiana most of your coaching career. Uh, you spent some time in Mississippi as well. And you've done about everything. I mean, you've done the high school level. You've uh, done special teams. You've done running backs coach as as not as far back as 2016. Uh, but clearly you want the ability to, to do what you, you kill it at, and that is develop talent, coach kids, uh, be uh, the ace recruiter you are. And uh, do you want to be a coordinator someday? Is that part of this? I don't know. Um, I think there's a bevy of, of coordinator names that are out there. If you're Nebraska, you can look at. Uh, if you're Mickey Joseph, do you want to coach wideouts? Sure. You want to coach running backs? Why not? Uh, can you be the recruiting coordinator? And can you pull kids from uh, from the, the South and SEC country uh, up to Lincoln? Yeah, you can. Mickey Joseph can can be fine. So what's the, the domino effect here? We're looking at Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, the LSU staff, the holdovers. Wonderful. Uh, now, what's, what's it look like here if you're Nebraska? Sounds to me like uh, Donovan Raiola is gaining some more steam, made a couple of calls today. Uh, the John Garrison name is phenomenal. Uh, there is no reason for John Garrison to come back to Lincoln other than he'd be doing everybody who loves Nebraska football a favor. Uh, he has developed a lot of guys on the NC State offensive line. He's got a, a Remington Award winner last year. He's got an All-American Outland guy this year at tackle. He's a pretty loyal guy and tight with his guys. He loves using that gift he has, and that's recruiting, and then an eye for talent. 
when it comes to development. So he'd be like a clear home run number one choice on the offensive line. I don't think there's any way, shape, or form you pry him. Hope I'm wrong tomorrow. Uh, but I don't think there's any way you pry him out of NC State. So you look at some other options, and uh, Donovan Riola, a uh, pretty good uh, background with what he was able to do at Wisconsin. I know he went his own route and didn't follow Dominic Riola here. Uh, he went to Wisconsin and was part of some some good Wisconsin squads, and he's been with the Bears a couple of years uh, as the assistant O-line coach. Is he ready to step up and and be the man on the offensive line if, in fact, that's where Nebraska goes? Ed Warner's the name I like, um, and, and he's, I think, at Florida International. Former Ohio State guy, probably zero tie. I'm just thinking of, like, dream team names. Uh, that's a guy I'd look at. If you can get, I would think you'd be able to maybe pry him out of there. But if you want some familiarity with a little bit of a Husker tie, even though he's a Wisconsin guy, Riola's maybe maybe who Nebraska ends up with. And he could be really good for, for Nebraska. He's young. He's only 38. But uh, at this point right now, it's winner else for Scott Frost and Nebraska and the guys you're inviting in. So you, you better you better go get who you can get. That's the other part. With all the jobs open, with all the turmoil and carousel spinning out of control, what's Nebraska's appeal as a landing spot right now if you're, if you're a well-respected coach, if you're a good coach, or are you in the up-and-comer slash Nebraska tie section uh, of the grocery store right now as you shop? I think from an offensive coordinator spot, if, if, the, if the Joseph news happens tomorrow, which maybe that's it, maybe it's a total end of the week, here's the O-line, here's the, the receiver coach, here's the running back coach, here's the special team stuff, and OC pairing, Maybe it is a Thursday, Friday. Maybe it trickles out. I think they'll all do it at once. You'll have, of course, breaking news and keep it up to HaleVarsity.com with uh, the talented writers that have their ear to the ground as well with uh, where Nebraska may go. But uh, above all, with Nebraska, get yourself a recruiter. Get yourself that can get talent in here uh, that can play and play early. Uh, You have some wideouts that are on staff. You need to go find... Uh, some more running back options. I know Nebraska is looking at a kid in Emmett Johnson. Ron Brown is on the road today uh, with a really talented back out of Minnesota. Coach tuioti has been out to the West Coast. Uh, that's big. So we'll see where things go with Nebraska. But there's a, there's a list of OCs, and I think there's been communication. I think there's probably an offensive coordinator decision that's been made. That name has not been revealed. It will be revealed in due time. And then I think everyone's okay if you go with the Riola route because uh, it's, it's Coach Frost, and then it's also a communication with where he wants to go OC. Uh, Bill Bush is also on the road recruiting. I hope he is the guy that Nebraska gets. I was pretty adamant about that uh, for Nebraska yesterday just because of his history uh, he's been everywhere in the world, uh, the Bushman. <laughs> he has recruited uh, major Power Five spots all over the nation, done really well with it. Uh, and then you go get yourself 
that uh, recruiting coordinator, that uh, wide receiver, running back uh, spot, and and then the OC. So it kind of comes down to just doing what you can do if you're Nebraska at the present time. And it's 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 tough because your leverage is minimal. And the pitch is, be here when it pops. Help us flip it. By the way, my back's against the wall, and I better be sitting pretty by October 1st with whatever these metrics are. Now, the metrics are go to a bowl game and be in position by your bye week to get to a bowl game, well, which Nebraska's not done for a while. I think that's one of the problems, though, at least Nebraska's going to have in this coaching market is they don't really, like, and they, I mean other coaches that are currently uh, available or on the market that are looking for bigger opportunities, but they don't know what the timetable is really with Scott Frost because it all depends on what happens. And It's a year. Yeah. It's, if they it, could it's, very well. It's, it, it, it could be six games. It really could be. And, and if that, I'm that's a, your timeline. If I'm a guy who's looking for an OC spot, why would I leave, say, LSU – and go to a Nebraska team. Well, that... here's here's why. Because either you get bumped up to an OC, because because mm-hmm. Joseph has not been an OC. Not that he can't, right. but he's always he's been assistant head coach. He's he's uh, been recruiting recruiting coordinator. I mean, it is different stops, but not at, not at it, it's power five level. He's been a assistant head coach at a power five level under Coach O the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But you leave because you're available and you're not retained at LSU or maybe you have a better opportunity or you just don't want to stay with, with Coach Kelly at LSU. Now, who's to say Florida didn't call him? Right. Who's to say someone else in the SEC doesn't pick him up? Who's to, He's that well-respected and that good, but you'd hope to think that the, the Nebraska tie with this would help sweeten it. And two years ago, it sounds like there were conversations. Uh, Mickey got a bit of a bump and got the associate head coach title. So there you go. Uh, you got a little more alphabet next to your name and you still went in, did your thing. So that that's why. I mean, it comes down to these situations where uh, a guy's looking to get out of maybe a, a group of five spot or you're young and unproven, but man, uh, you can project out really well or you'll come in and do it. I mean, back to, to John Garrison for a moment. I mean, look at his story with with Nebraska, where he spent a year down in Blue Springs, Missouri, at, at the high school level. And then, hey, he was a, a guy that played pretty good football for Nebraska that last year uh, of Solich. And, hey, do you want to get into college, coach, and come be a GA here? And then, man, he climbed the ladder, did a great job. And went from a GA in short order to promoted to assistant line coach with Cotton. And then took the whole thing over before getting screwed over in 14. I think it's a real hard ask to get Garrison back here because of what happened. Different administration, different people. Totally get it. But still, you've got a great setup right now, and there's no reason for you to leave that. Right now, if you're Mickey Joseph, uh, you could probably stay at LSU. But do you want to coach for Coach Kelly, or do you want to come join Scott Frost? Don't have the answer for you, other than you've been at LSU, and the guys you won with may not be here with you. And who knows 
what's what's the the portal going to look like and you've seen a little bit of it at LSU but I, I would say they're pretty stable as as stable as coaching transitions can be uh Dean Blevins going to be with us in less than an hour uh he'll recap the the craziness in Norman that happened with Lincoln Riley and how it really went out how things went out uh by Lincoln Riley to some folks that really went to bad for him uh, so Dean Blevins with that, Mitch Sherman shortly, and uh, we'll be able to to run down Rick Kaczynski, his take on Notre Dame, where do they turn? We're hearing Luke Fickle, but is it a timing issue for Luke and Cincy and Notre Dame because that early signing period clock is ticking. It's ticking for Nebraska, but Nebraska is going to be pretty portal heavy. Got to believe that uh, versus the high school thing. That's not the case with LSU. That's not the case with Notre Dame. That's absolutely not the case with OU as they're trying to salvage. Mitch Sherman's next to Tail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio on Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time on a Tuesday. It's Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Dean Blevins behind the scenes on the Lincoln Riley Departure coming up less than an hour. Rick Kaczynski with us. Mitch Sherman is uh, joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch, how's your Tuesday? Do you have the uh, the flight tracker going? <laughs> uh, my Tuesday's fine. No, I have not resorted to that. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I think that there's uh, when it's a head coach. Sure, I'll, I'll we'll go down that road, but. Um, I'm not overly concerned with uh, knowing where the flights are coming in from right now. When, when, when there's an announcement ready to be made, we'll know. Maybe we'll know before. But uh, it's probably not going to happen through me via, via the flight tracker uh, system. I've retired from that, that business. Mitch, good, good for you, right? And, and that's, that's, that's wise. And now, I, go ahead. now I reserve the right to change that if there's ever, if there's ever a need to for, for you know, like I said, a head coaching position, but uh, on the OC, um, you know, like I said, we'll know we'll know when they're ready to tell us. So, where, where are you at with with theory? Right, with theory, do you think there's an OC in place that's just not announced, or do you think still it's a search? No, I don't think there's a guy in place who's not announced um, because there's a benefit in announcing it. Uh, that that tells the the college football world that. Um, Nebraska is, is on the move and Nebraska is ready to be a player, um, in this recruiting cycle, um, probably more, uh, important in this transfer cycle, which if you've been paying attention to the portal, uh, it's in high gear, it's in overdrive. The portal is so every day lost without a, 
a known commodity, an offensive coordinator, and at these position offensive position spots is a day that Nebraska is not able to make the full pitch to potential transfers and potential recruits who can help this team next year. And the transfer part of it's big for this team because, um, you know, we know there's going to be movement. There have already been some guys who have announced their intentions to move on um, and pursue the NFL. Um, there's going to be more movement in, in, in some way, shape, or form. And uh, Nebraska is going to be in the market to, uh, to get guys from the portal. So it's important um, from that perspective to, to have coaches in place. So I, I, don't, I don't believe um, that there will be a, uh, you know, a, um, a secret operation um, when, when Nebraska uh, has that thing uh, in place. And when, uh, when they can announce it, they, they will do that so that uh, people can be on alert for, for um, you know, that big red end to, uh, you know, make its appearance uh, in, in searching out uh, talent for this program. What's your feel with Nebraska as far as the quarterback portal part of this? Well, we have to know what Adrian Martinez is going to do. Um, and uh, that's the first chip to fall. And then we have to know the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, or at least that would certainly help. And it's possible that that part of it may uh, involve, it may take care of the portal. There may not be a need to search the portal once Nebraska knows um, what's going to happen at that important coaching spot, because it's possible that that coach could, you know, could bring some, someone um, with whom he has, has worked either, um, worked in recruiting um, from uh, a previous relationship in a, in a previous year or a relationship in a previous year or, or um, someone that he's coached at the college level. So, uh, I, you know, I think until those two decisions are, are made between the Martinez situation and, and Frost's decision about an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, um, you know, it's hard to get too far ahead and, and, and speculate on what Nebraska is going to do when it comes to the portal. If Martinez is gone, and he's played his last game at Nebraska. And I know, I know there's, that's, um, you know, I think prevailing assumption. Um, then, um, then yes, the portal is absolutely in play. And, you know, I don't see any, any scenario where Nebraska would stand pat um, and, and say, okay, this is, this is up to Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg and, and Richard Torres. Um, they're going to go out and, and look for somebody. And that's not to say that they're, you know, going to get who they want or they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're going to look. So, um, I, I don't. I, I imagine that we're we're not far away from the, from from that point, one way or another. Um, and, and it starts with uh, with finding out about Martinez um, and finding out about the OC. Um, not necessarily in that order, but mm-hmm. uh, but those two things uh, for sure need to happen. Mitch Sherman, few minutes with us from the Athletic Hale Varsity Radio. You can find Mitch on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. So, Mitch, if you're being asked. You get a phone call from uh, from Tenth and Vine and say, "Mitch, who's kind of wowed you as offensive coordinator?" And let me preface it by asking, "Do you want somebody that that's been maybe a head coach or, or kind of an offensive wow guy, or is it more fit here? What what what's uh, what's important to you, and what do you think is is best for the offense moving forward?" Well. Uh... I think you want someone with experience, someone who it has had success in running a specific system that can be blended with what Scott Frost 
does well at Nebraska, you're not throwing out Scott Frost's offensive system. That's, um, you know, Nebraska doesn't have the time um, for that kind of a transition to occur. So it's going to be a blending of his philosophy uh, with with what a, a coordinator does. Um, and that means that that, that guy's got to have, uh, um, and he's got to have, uh, a, a playbook. He's got to have um, experience under his belt. Um, at least to, to me, that seems like far and away the 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 best um, the best fit. Um, not to say that the that the next offensive coordinator can't be a young guy, um, and not to say that he's you know he's got to be um, somebody who's sixty years old and has been has spent thirty years in the profession. Um, you know, experience can come in, in a short time. You know, maybe somebody's been in, in that kind of a spot for for three or four years and has shown um, to be a, 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 a great mind. And you know, Scott Frost feels the fit is right, and and that's that's what happens. Um, I, I you know I don't think it I don't think at all that you need somebody who's been a head coach. Um, the important thing, like I said, is is blending uh, the new guy's philosophy with what. Frost already has in place, um, and and yes, uh, having it be a fit, having the chemistry there, so that they can hit the ground running, that they can take the next six months to really learn um, and blend their systems and and mix with the new offensive coaches who are going to be coming in with this coordinator, um, become comfortable with the players, have a productive spring practice develop some some momentum going into the summer. I mean there's a lot that needs to happen over the next um the next 9 months before Nebraska plays a football game for this thing to to look like it needs to look in the early portion of next season. Um but that's the reality of of where Nebraska football is right now. It's it's kind of back up against the wall time. Mitch, uh, a name that's familiar to Nebraska fans. I watched as a kid and enjoyed him uh Finding Johnny Mitchell's Mickey Joseph, a uh, name from LSU. I know that the Brian Kelly dominoes are falling, and, and I don't have any idea who Kelly wants to keep or take with him or, or what that staff in Baton Rouge looks like. And uh, is Mickey, if if his name becomes a reality in Lincoln, we don't know that, but uh, I'm interested to get your take. Is it a situation where to get Mickey back to Lincoln, he'd have to have uh, a recruiting coordinator or a co-coordinator. Is that something you think would, would need to be part of this deal if he is to relocate? Yeah, I don't think he would just be a, a, a straight-out assistant coach, you know, receivers coach, for example. Um, he, he had been uh, – I believe he had a, a title like assistant head coach mm-hmm. um, or something yeah. to that effect um, with Coach O at LSU this year. Um, and a lot of that is because of the the uh, the prowess that he has shown as a recruiter. Now there there's been a lot of discussion about Mickey Joseph as a possibility to join the staff, perhaps as receivers coach and recruiting coordinator. Um, I'm interested to see or interested to know. And, and Mickey has been has been quiet, um, not just in in in, uh, in not responding to people like me, but but you know even in in, in asking. Um, some people who know him on a personal level around Nebraska, what they've heard, um, I've heard that that he's not had a lot to say. So he's playing this thing close to the vest, in part because I'm sure he wanted to see what was going to happen at LSU. And, you know, Brian Kelly, uh, that news last night, it resounds through uh, the entire 
college football world um, loudly. And, um, you know, he, as, as, as we all know, um, he goes down to Louisiana as kind of a fish out of water. I mean, the guy can coach football, but his background is in the Midwest. Came from, from, from Cincinnati to Notre Dame, and now he's going to the SEC. So I would think that it would benefit Brian Kelly to want to keep somebody or multiple people around that program who have great connections in the state of Louisiana. And that is the number one attribute that Mickey Joseph brought to that staff uh, at LSU is his ability to recruit, specifically recruit in his home area around New Orleans. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what kind of a pitch is made, if any, if, if Kelly makes a pitch um, for Mickey to stay. Um, and, and, and how he would view that. I would think that would, that would be something that, that would be attractive to him to not have to uproot himself. But then, um, you know, he has not had the opportunity through all of the upheaval and all of the change, both throughout his career and throughout um, the past couple of decades at Nebraska, he's not had um, the opportunity to come coach his alma mater. Maybe, something that, maybe that is something that, that, that he longs to do, um, and this would be a, a real opportunity to do that. Um, he could choose that. Um, over uh, an opportunity to stay, but but uh, I'm sure that chance to uh, to stay in Louisiana, if it's presented to him, um, would be something that would be hard to turn down. Mitch, a little less than a minute. Um, offensive line uh, so important for Nebraska. Is that a is that a veteran hire, or is that maybe a a, a guy you, you can project some success? And I, we know how important that position group is. Yeah, I think it holds the key to so much for Nebraska next year. You, know, you can't have a good running game if you don't have guys up front to block. You can't um, if you can't protect the quarterback. You know, you're going to see things happen like like this year where Adrian got hurt again and again. Um, you know, in a, in a pattern that's happened throughout his career. So um, I don't know. It's not, it's not like necessarily like the uh, like the offensive coordinator spot where you need somebody with a system and experience and and you know who can be a um, you know, a mentor to others on the staff. I mean, you just need a good offensive line coach. You know, if it's a guy like John Garrison from NC State, who's an ex-Husker, you know, from Kansas City, uh, who played at Nebraska, has coached at Nebraska, and you can get him, um, that sounds that sounds pretty good. Um, I think the guy can coach offensive line. Um, if it's not him, you know, find somebody who can do the kind of stuff that he can do um, and take this group. And, you know, they, they, the offensive line coach needs to have some autonomy to coach the way that he wants to coach, um, you know, free from instruction and, you know, a heavy hand of, um, of, of anybody else within this program. And, and that, that would seem to be the best, uh, the best, pa- best path to success for Nebraska's next offensive line and, and in turn would, would uh, result in some very important uh, strides that the offense needs to take. Mitch, I need three minutes. Can I do that on the other side? Yeah, you bet. All right. Hang on. Mitch Sherman with us, The Athletic. Hail Varsity continues. <laughs> Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark. A couple more minutes with uh, Mitch Sherman. as uh, He's with the Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, uh, we talked O-line, and, and I like the John Garrison name, uh, is, uh, is something that, man, that'd be big for Nebraska. Uh, he's got a really good setup, and he's done well in, uh, in, in, in NC State. Uh, we'll see if, if that can happen. Uh, special teams, we know what it did Black Friday. We know what it did against Sparty. We know what it did again. Pick, pick a game, Mitch. Um, uh, Bill Bush, uh, that's a, an area of expertise. He's already here. Uh, is, is Bill a guy that would be able to, to win out over other candidates because of his familiarity, A, but also B, his recruiting prowess? Yeah, um, and we'll see on on his recruiting prowess. Um, he hasn't recruited for Nebraska for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's a different it's a different challenge to recruit for Nebraska than it is to recruit for LSU. Um, once you know how to recruit, I think you don't lose that ability. So, I expect that he would um, be an excellent recruiter for Frost. But again. You want to see it. Um, you'd like to see it happen, um, and, and and that's tough because you don't you don't get a um, you know an exploratory period. Um, as a special teams coach, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would would have faith in in his ability to diagnose things and and turn Nebraska into a more efficient unit, especially if that's the only thing that he's doing. And that's what the, the direction I think Nebraska needs to go with it is to devote one of its ten assistant coaching spots only to special teams. So, however you need to configure things, and, you know, if we start talking about a wide receivers coach and an offensive line coach and a running backs coach and then an OC slash quarterbacks coach, well, you know, there's, there's your four openings right, right there. Mm-hmm. So, a special teams coach is going to have to fit in in a different way. Um, maybe you lose somebody on the defensive side. Um, that's one path to finding a special teams, a spot for a special teams coordinator. I, I, don't, I don't know, and I don't know that that – Nebraska has a great uh, feel yet for how that's going to work itself out. But, you know, I think, I think it's important that at the end of this, um, at the end of this movement, that there is somebody in place, uh, you know, 10% of your coaching staff, one out of 10, who's, who's solely sole focus is special teams. That, that was a, that was a, it's it's plenty worthy of that kind of, um, of that kind of, uh, responsibility among your staff based on the way this season went. I, I, I you know, you, you could, <laughs> you could devote two coaches to special teams based on the way this season went. Now, that's, that's unrealistic, but um, I, I just, I just use that as an illustration to show how important it was, um, how much of a difference it made for Nebraska in this season. And of course it made a difference in a, in a negative way in almost all instances that that special teams was a factor. So um yeah, I you know I think there's a real possibility there with Bill Bush. We'll see, um, you know, what other, what other, um, you know, candidates could surface there. Um, but uh, but yeah, him knowing the personnel and understanding the issues that plague Nebraska in that area here in 2021 are are, uh, are a plus in his column. How tough a sell is Nebraska's openings for Scott Frost right now? Just because of the restructured deal, where they're at in the league, the recruiting footprint, and 
Nebraska has been able to to make some some lemonade uh, from time to time in their history and, and develop really good talent and find it as well. But I mean, just look at how crazy the the carousel's been here the last three days. Yeah, I would say this, and this was my initial thought on that question when Nebraska had these openings, and even before, you know, when it looked like there was going to be some upheaval on the Nebraska staff, um, the question. You know, I, I've heard that question before. Like, is this a tough sell for Scott Frost, um, considering, you know, his tenuous position at Nebraska? Like you mentioned, the restructured contract. My initial reaction was, it's this is the Big Ten. It's a, these are good jobs. There are a lot of coaches out there who are looking for jobs or looking to move up, and a Big Ten job um, is a good one. And generally, these assistant positions come with a two-year contract, so. If you get blown out of town in 2022, you're going to get paid another year. There's security in that. There's good pay involved. And there's the, you know, these guys don't come in thinking they're going to fail. There's the opportunity to succeed and be part of the staff that turns this around at Nebraska. So I think those are all big pluses for Nebraska. And it should make these positions, I don't want to say easy to fill, but not as difficult as some may think when they see Nebraska's 3-9 and nine record and the challenges that face the program right now on the flip side, you mentioned the coaching carousel and the way that this thing is just like in is, is incredible right now with the amount of movement, just to think that in the last three days, there have been openings at Oklahoma, Notre Dame, USC and LSU and movement at all of those places is um, it's been a, it's been a 48 hours really like I, I don't think we've ever had in college football the last two days seeing Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly just up and leave from their, from their spots at power programs. I mean, teams that have been in contention throughout this season for the college football playoff and one that could still make the college football playoff. It's unprecedented with that comes. Um, I think that can, that potentially makes it more difficult for Scott Frost because there are so many spots that could be open and so many dominoes that could fall as a result of all this movement um, that, it's not as easy for him to just go out and pluck a coach and sell, you know, the Big Ten dream, the uh, you know, the, the opportunity to, to help rebuild at Nebraska, because there are going to be so many openings this year and so many potentially good landing spots that uh, uh, Nebraska may look a little bit less attractive than what I was saying just a minute ago. Your money is on who in Norman and in South Bend? Well. Um, you know, I think there's a, I think there's a push, um, maybe a little bit stoops led um, in Norman to bring back uh, the defensive coordinator who coached the co-defensive coordinator who coached under Bob Stoops, and that's Brent Venables, who has been a fixture at uh, Clemson under Dabo Sweeney. Um, I think there are a lot of people at OU who would um, who would celebrate that hire because of Venables' connections to the Stoops family. Um, and to uh, and to OU football and the success that he's had at uh, at Clemson. Now that would be interesting going into the SEC with a guy who's not been a head coach, but obviously he's seen it up close what it takes um, from Dabo Sweeney to to get that done. So um, you know I would I would probably uh, feel good about that hire if I was if I was OU. If that's the direction that the Sooners choose to go, they could also go for Matt Campbell. Um, you know, who has the familiarity factor at OU, has, is, would have respect in that program because of the success that he's had in wins and losses against the Sooners. And he wouldn't have to deal um, 
with the uncomfortability of having to play Iowa State every year. They're going to be on, on the way to the SEC real soon, if not in 2022. So, um, you know, you would get the best of both worlds in some way, leaving for a familiar place without having to go back to your old school and, and, and coach against the Cyclones. Um, in South Bend, uh, you know, Campbell's name is on that radar too, um, although I think perhaps Luke Fickle, uh, the Cincinnati coach, um, is a notch higher. Um, had a great season this year. Uh, there is definitely a, um, a connection there um, with, with Fickle and his background and just the, uh, you know, he's a, a, from a, a Catholic family. Um, I think Notre Dame, uh, you know, wants to be more of a force in the Midwest mm-hmm. in a way that Luke Fickle could probably accomplish, perhaps even more so than Matt Campbell. And there will be, a, and there will be, uh, momentum and energy behind Marcus Freeman, um, the uh, first-year defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, also to, to get that job. So I think it's a race uh, that's going to end with with one of those three in the chair. Um, interesting to see Campbell perhaps involved in, in both of those situations, and you know it's possible that he'll get neither and end up another year at Iowa State. Mitch, appreciate uh, the overtime here, bud. You take care. We'll do this again. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this Tuesday, this hour one with Hale Varsity. You can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio and uh, Connor Clark, C underscore Clark underscore 27. Rick Kaczynski, 30 minutes away. Kaz's take on the Irish on SC, on uh, some of the Nebraska openings. And uh, we'll hear from Dean Blevins, the 48 hours plus that was just a whirlwind nightmare and uh, savagery for our friend down in Norman. Uh, He won't hold back. So, Connor, your wish list. We spent the last couple segments talking with Mitch. You got the Garrison and uh, Riola names for the O-line, Corn. Uh, for OC, and and listen, some folks are are batting that down, but I think what Mitch said about blending system with the option element, if Scott wants to go more that direction, I think I think Cord would be nice. There's there's a lot of guys, and Mitch's point is is well taken about it's a Big Ten gig with Big Ten money, which which is all right. And uh, Mickey Joseph's gonna gonna be no doubt probably sit down with Brian Kelly if it hasn't happened. And Brian is, he's, he's, a, he's a, an elite Bostonite, right? He's a dude from, <laughs> from the Midwest and, and eastern part of the world not going down to the bayou. That was easy. That was gravy for, for Coach O. 
now you're going to need people around you to continue to, to mine that that region that you kill. And listen, the, the talent you get out of LSU or out of Louisiana is elite, but they're elite because of of their mentality and because of their, their toughness. You can find and get tough kids out of Texas and Florida and California, and, but, but Louisiana dudes are tough. And, and I think, uh, you know, uh, Neil Smith for Nebraska, Reggie Cooper for Nebraska, Dana Brinson for Nebraska, Stanley Morgan from Nebraska uh, specifically. So who's kind of your wish list? You've seen a billion names around. I, I think I've almost seen too many names around for my own good. <laughs> You're just going to spin the wheel. It's just, all right, here we go, here we go. We have talked a lot about Mickey Joseph here today, and it will depend on, as you mentioned, that conversation with Brian Kelly. How will that go, and who will Brian Kelly bring with him, and will he want to stay after that? The more I think about it, the more I like Mickey Joseph because you mentioned that he did play football here, so he sort of understands – kind of that like old-school option type of offense, which Scott likes to run, as we saw a lot this season. So I feel like he would be pretty on board, especially with uh, a meshing a system um, with Scott Frost. I think that one could work out pretty well. Um, other, you mentioned Corn as well. I think that would be a, an all right one as well. I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about that one, but I, I think he would be a solid get as well for this Nebraska team. But there's just – there's just so much going on. I have to do even more research to try and figure out who's going to be on my list and how to make it longer. Well, we'll see. We'll uh, hear from Dean Blevins. We'll spend a few minutes here uh, on uh, some Nebraska news and notes with the all Big Ten team as well. Some uh, time for you. Next segment to dial up at 466 3776. 466 3776 or 800. 825-5865, loaded hour two. Dean Blevins, Sooner Insider, Rick Kaczynski to talk some Big Red, and of course Irish. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark. Dean Blevins about five minutes away. Uh, recruiting so vital and OU trying to salvage and save their class. As uh, Lincoln Riley is pulling grenade pins. Well, they're, they're already pulled. They're still going off. Uh, what's Nebraska done today? Get you an update here as uh, Greg Smith uh, all over it with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. So we're around that 13 
uh, high school player number, probably 10 guys or so, depending on who bolts and who stays, but 10 portal names to think about. I know Gabriel's headed to Ole Miss, so that's uh, a big giant uh, uh, gallon of whiteout on a quarterback I was kind of interested in if, if Nebraska was going to going to go that route. But uh, Nebraska got in on a defensive back Malcolm Hartzog uh, down in Mississippi, uh, and uh, that uh, was was Monday for Nebraska on a scholarship offer. Got to like uh, Coach Chenander's eye down in the, uh, the the Sun Belt region of the U.S. He had a in-home going on uh, Tuesday with Chenander, uh, and uh, Hartzog's out of Bassfield, Mississippi, 5'10", 170. Uh, and it's pretty rare talent. It's not that it can't happen or doesn't happen, but it's it's a it's huge for you if your coordinator can get out on the road and and, and recruit. Uh, Tony Tuioti out in Cali, uh, Brody Tagaloa is six four, defensive end, uh, and you know what? He's uh, a three star guy, but uh, has some upside, some high twitch. He's out of De La Salle in San Francisco. That's Tuioti's old stomping ground, which is good, uh, being an out in Cal like he was. And uh, Nebraska does not have a uh, defensive lineman in their recruiting class. And then Coach Becton, tight ends coach uh, Becton up in Minneapolis, making sure Chase Andoff's all good out of Lakeville South. He's already committed. So uh, that's that's big. And uh, when it comes to some of the interim coaches on the road, uh, you got uh, Steve Cooper, the quarterbacks coach. Uh, he is uh, he was out to see uh, Hunter uh, Norzad, uh, the tackle from Cornell. Uh, you have Cooper, the running backs, inter- uh, Cooper and uh, interim interim running backs coach Ron Brown. Uh, they were checking in on on Emmett Johnson tonight, uh, talented back out of Minnesota, and. You know, I think one point of emphasis this year is is Minnesota football, right? P.J. Fleck's taking the axe out. He's taking it to dinner. P.J. Fleck was down to his 38th running back. I, I kid. But, I mean, they they found ways to run the football. They found ways to play good defense. And they were an eyelash away from, from playing in Indy. Uh, when it comes to Nebraska football, they're trying to regroup, trying to fill this staff out, recruiting uh, the lifeblood for sure. Let's uh, get caught up now and talk about the fallout, the hurt feelings, the anger. Uh, let's say hi to Dean Blevins, uh, and that uh, is Sooner Insider Dean Blevins with News, News 9 and, of course, uh, part of the Sooners. Let's get back into talking uh, the carousel, uh, the uh, sportscaster of the year multiple times. And uh, former Sooner News 9 down in Oklahoma City, Dean Blevins with us at Dean Blevins on Twitter. Dean, uh, man, what a, what a few days for you and Sooner Nation. Thanks for squeezing us in. I want to go back to Sunday and what you are going through and feeling as you're waiting for the coaches show to get rolling. Well, um, I felt like the LSU situation uh, was staved off. Uh, Riley was signed off on the SEC coming in. He was brought up to date on that, and he was on board with what Oklahoma had 
whether it was because of LSU's alleged offer or not, they had upped him in a deal, his assistance, and, and really importantly, committed even more money to um, programs, you know, mm-hmm. to, to whatever they spend their money on these days, be it in the weight room or wherever. Uh, so all of that was going on. And so I thought it was just going to be one of the harder shows to do. And, and losing a game to a good football team with a great defense in a huge game that the Sooners, if they just played their B game, they would would have won that game. So uh, I was preparing for a rough show uh, as I was waiting after recording a few things. The producer came down, said Bob's or uh, Lincoln's people said that it's going to be four hours before he's going to be free. And I immediately said, there is no good option for anything that could be going on. None. And so uh, four hours later, uh, I'm still sitting there working, but still sitting there and get word that there will be no Lincoln Riley for this show today. So for the first time in 39 years of hosting coaches shows and 25 years of doing the head coaches show at OU, we didn't have a program and there was no having to make excuses for the, uh, for the loss there. Um, and then uh, the, I got word that that was a, that was the the nail in the coffin in terms of me knowing for sure that what I'd been hearing about USC was indeed true. Dean Blevins with us, Hale Varsity Radio at Dean Blevins on Twitter is where you find him. Do you have you talked to Lincoln, or if not, what's your reasoning why? And and I can I can answer that, but I'd like your take from from maybe uh, maybe knowing Lincoln like you do. Uh, why make the jump? Or is it even that hard a question? You know, uh, no, I'm not talking with Lincoln. Uh, he's burned huge bridges back here. Uh, uh, I don't even know where to start. I'm engrossed in this thing now for like three days. It's yeah. just, it's nonstop, you know. I don't know where to begin with the information. Um, uh, so what was, the, what was the specific question, though? And I'll take it from that angle. No, no, just why do you think he left? Okay. Why, why leave Oklahoma? I, I believe... Uh, we, we find out after Lincoln has waffled now and told different uh, variations of when USC was talking to him. Uh, he's even given different days for that now. And then the LA Times story comes out, which said that his people, which means Lincoln Riley, was in contact with USC back in September. So actually, I just tweeted something out and saying adding everything together, there's no question in my mind, Oklahoma could have begun its coaching search in September. Mm-hmm. The Lincoln Riley is a superior football coach, but this was the worst coached Oklahoma team I've seen since a couple of years of, uh, you know, infamous coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that deep down he didn't want to go to the SEC, even though he was signed off on it. Um, I don't think he really wanted that, especially when USC comes up and and offers the moon to go out to a soft Pac-12 where he's going to have success. But the very worst thing of all of this is that he has raided the University of Oklahoma of an incredible number of five-star players, four-star players, committed players, players on board now, players opting out. I mean, it's, it's not panic down here. But they're moving very, very quickly to uh, to control the damage because of the timing of it from Lincoln's end. Uh, it, it is 
it's something you don't do to a former employee that everything seemed to be going along swimmingly. And then today on a coach's show or yesterday, he said, or I guess it was to SVP, he said, you know, it was, it was time. It was time to move on. Time to move on. Yeah. I mean, you open the door. Just be honest about it. Dean Blevins with us. For the kids. Hey, the worst yeah. thing's for the kids, Chris. I bet. This was a team that could play for a championship. I mean, you can look at them out there and say, nah, you're crazy. That's not, that, that was not the OU team that Nebraska played. That's not what that team could have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got talent all over the place. They were the most undisciplined team, uh, except for those two years I mentioned earlier with, with a bad coach. Mm-hmm. They were the most undisciplined team. They had 14 penalties called against them, 12 accepted. And then they, they also had the worst special teams, just not showing any attention to detail whatsoever in this LSU game that they should have walked away with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the kids that have gotten hammered, and you throw on top of that the NIL and uh, being able to transfer tomorrow if you want to, and that's put Oklahoma where it is. I won't get into special teams. <laughs> well, I meant to mention that. I, th- I thought that I did. That that was just unconscionable. No, I'm, I'm saying it, um, Nebraska. <laughs> I won't even oh, get into oh, that oh. contest with you. Uh, <laughs> Dean Blevins with us. Dean, so what's next? I know Bob Stoops is is going to coach. Give me, and I've got a list. Uh, I know Kentucky re-upped with Stoops. I know Venables has got OU ties. I know the Pirates uh, got OU ties. Hypel at Tennessee, Norvell. Where does OU go? And is it is it a situation where it's going to be the right guy or it's got to be the right guy with the name value? Um, well, ideally, they want a guy uh, that uh, former co-U coaches have told me it'd be a guy offensively that would be able to walk in living rooms and salvage the recruiting season and, and continue to be the the uh, guiding force of the program, the offensive. But by the way, oh, you can go get oh, you doesn't want hypo, hypo doesn't want oh, you. The Venables thing is alive, but you know, Brent's. I don't know if he's ever been uh, interviewed for a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. I like him, know him. Uh, he's been a great defensive coordinator. Uh, I don't think he's cut out to, to be a head coach, quite frankly, and not at this place at this time. Mm-hmm. But they could go to that for convenience sake, but that's not what they prefer to do. Mm-hmm. They want to hire the right guy. I believe that you go to a guy like uh, Manning down at uh, Georgia, and you get a guy who I'm told Kirby would let come to Oklahoma. I'm told from sources that know all the people involved here that he's a young Bob Stoops. Stoops knows him, that he is exactly what Oklahoma has wanted uh, or that he would fill the bill for everything except that offensive part of it that, that I mentioned earlier. I think it's going to be a, a guy like that, Matt Campbell, him, something like that, not Dave Aranda, not Matt Rule. Start rattling the coaches off if you want, but there's not many that I really look at and say, that's a serious contender. Uh, I think a guy like Lanning uh, will emerge as a very serious contender immediately. So any shot to, to talk Bob into coming back other than the bowl no. game? No. Nope. They've already they've already tried. The president yesterday, uh, a lot of people didn't hear him. He kind of said it while people were laughing, but uh, – Someone said, hey, Bob, are you going to stay? And then uh, the president said uh, under his breath, uh, we've already tried that. So, mm-hmm. no, that's that's not Bob's deal. But but I can tell you, you know Bob and you know the mm-hmm. conference, you know Oklahoma, and a lot of your viewers do, your listeners do. 
Uh, Bob Stoops was the biggest champion yesterday I've ever seen him be. The only time people were prouder of him around here were when he stated after winning the national championship that second year on the Cotton Bowl floor or on the uh, Orange Bowl floor that uh, Oklahoma is back. Not like Texas is back, that Oklahoma is back holding up the national championship trophy. But the leadership he showed, we saw yesterday what the real Bob Stoops was. And I know him extremely well, but I was mesmerized by him. And he's a perfect guy to, to bridge them in, in a situation, Chris, that is unimaginably horrible. Recruiting. Uh, early oh, signing, players, coach transition, yeah. and uh, of course conference transition. But yeah, the kids that are that are heartbroken. Uh, Dean Blevins with us, News Nine, Oklahoma City Sooner Insider, and uh, at Dean Blevins on Twitter. Is Bob crushed by this? Is he hurt? Is he angry? I'm sitting down with him for an interview, uh, hopefully tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But we've got one set aside, and you got to ask him about the betrayal question. Yes. I think he was asked yesterday and took the high road. And uh, Bob is kind of a coach's coach. You know, he, he doesn't get into much of that. But I, I know Bob really well. And I have a strong opinion that he would have been furious. This is the guy that he, he unselfishly handed a premier job to that they could easily go to playoffs for several years and contend for natties, and then the guy leaves. But the way he left, and now in the wake of it, the damage that he is doing is just unconscionable. What did Barry say? Barry's in the middle of all of it. I talked to him nonstop. He was at the, he was at the uh, press conference yesterday showing uh, some unity. Barry wants a guy like Mike Leach, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not going to happen because uh, because he's Mike Leach. I don't know how much more I have to go into no, it. No, I get you. Uh, he, would, he, would, he would fit a lot of boxes, but especially politically now, Oklahoma's going pretty far in one direction, mm -hmm. either right or left, and I'll just say it's not in the direction of Mike Leach. <laughs> Dean, have a great interview with, with Coach uh, tomorrow. Thanks for squeezing us in. You bet. Take care, pal. Good stuff from uh, Sooner Insider and uh, multiple-time award winner Dean Blevins at Dean Blevins, News 9, Oklahoma City. There's some perspective, and it is betrayal. You could hear the tone in, in Dean's voice with the way, not that A, you left and got dumped, but B, how Riley's gone about doing it, just kind of scorched earth, burnt bridges on the way out the door. And it sounds to, to, to Dean with his impeccable sources, and you think of who he's around, that's the AD, that's, that's Bob, that's Barry, that's donors, that's members of the, the, the Souter University brass doing the, the coaches show for 40 years, being a former basketball and football standout. Uh, it, it is, well, the, the betrayal. He said it best. That's, that's the, the, the part, and then you, you go out <laughs> carrying, carrying bags uh, of goods under your arm with coaching, and then you're trying to flip the rest of the recruits out there. But September, uh, nope, I think 8-4 and four is going to kick me in the butt, and uh, we'll lose a little bit of my shot. Rick Kaczynski next on Nebraska-Notre Dame. To that, I want to go back to Black Friday, Nebraska-Iowa, your impressions. Oh, yeah, probably like a lot of people's impressions, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously a game that uh, um, should have could have game, but um, but didn't. And, you know, just uh, 
just mistakes, you know, same, same things that, that have killed you, um, all year, uh, all year long, you know, I've killed you the last, uh, last four years, you know, uh, I thought, I thought they did a good job controlling, you know, both lines of the, um, line of scrimmage. And, uh, you know, you just kind of opened, opened the door there and it, and it wasn't like, Iowa had a, a punt block on there, and it just changed the whole whole momentum of the game, obviously. And, um, you know, those are things that you can control, right? I mean, football, it's a tough game. A lot of things happen. Um, you know, it's hard to block a punt. It, it is. Um, yeah, there's not many punt, punts blocked during the year. And just uh, at that time, you got to, you know, what was mine – numbing to me is you know Iowa I think had what six points at the time they really weren't moving the ball you know when they moved the ball they weren't able to score they couldn't get things moving um you know brought in the other quarterback again try to get a spark still you know play through the third quarter up 15 you you had to know that they were going to do something like that and you weren't you you weren't ready for it, um, and that's just disappointing. And it really wasn't it wasn't a block. You had a three man shield, and you had three guys coming. So, just uh, extremely disappointing. I hate to say it, but as soon as that happened, I kind of knew what was going to happen with the outcome of the game. It's just uh, just a shame because I thought uh, I thought the guys at that to that point really controlled the game. You know, I thought things were set up well for. Smothers, uh, at least through the the first three quarters. And Kaz, you know all about momentum. When it flips on the football field, it's hard to get back. And you get the block punt, and then you you give up a safety. Again, a special team screw up where you fair catch inside the 10. And then uh, three points to, to tie it at 21. And then that final drive for Iowa, they bust a 55 yarder. Uh, to to get in twenty eight twenty one and then you're driving to end it and uh, miscommunication. It's just kind of a uh, continuation uh, 2.0, 3.0, 5.0 of of the season for Nebraska. Now Nebraska on as they try and kind of fill some of their their coaching voids. Want to get your take on a couple of guys that are in house and kind of weighing some of the in house options, i.e. Ron Brown, Bill Bush versus going outside and uh, both those guys have a lot of experience Bush with a lot of different stops and coach Brown obviously knows Nebraska well you know what's that uh, what's that decision like in your estimation to to go outside of kind of a Nebraska comfort zone or go down the hall where you've got a couple of proven guys that that could help you that, that just may be a little bit older, but experience isn't a bad thing in the Big Ten. Well, uh, to do as, as a head coach, what you think is is obviously best for uh, for the program and and um, for your players. Now, you can't worry at this point. You know, you can't worry about you know what the media thinks. You can't worry about the press conference. Um, you know, um, you can't worry about those things. You got to do what you think's best because ultimately your back's against the wall. 
if you're going to go down, you want to go down doing it your way. So, you know, as far as in, in-house candidates, um, you know, I, obviously I, I know Ron Brown. Um, you know, I got, uh, I don't, I don't think there's a football coach and a man that I have more respect for, uh, in this world than, than Ron Brown. So, so obviously I think Ron would do just a, an un, unbelievable job. Now, is it, is it something Ron wants to do? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, uh, recruiting, all that other stuff. There, there's a lot more than just showing up for the game and practice when it comes, uh, you know, to being a coach, um, you know, uh, stepping into that role that those guys stepped in, you know, Bill, I know, I know Bo had a lot of respect for Bill, you know, down at LSU when they were, they were together for the year. I don't, I don't know Bill at all. Um, just know his reputation. Yeah. You know, once again, how do, how do you go wrong? But how does it, how does it fit into your system? What you're trying to do, what your program, how do they fit? You know, how do those guys interact with the player? You, you know, all those things. Um, and I think the other thing you got to look at is also who, who, who can you get? Um, you know, you're not going to get many guys that are in stable situations right now, even to come to, uh, come to Nebraska. So I think your, your candidate pool, um, is not going to be quite as big for a couple reasons. One, um, you know, you're coaching for your job next year and that's, that's not a whole lot of fun. So guys who have contract years left, um, they're not going to, they're not going to be in a hurry to leave at stable programs. And then two, you still have a lot of power five, big time elite jobs that are open um, with a lot of staff positions. So, you know, you got a lot of candidates out there that I'm sure aren't going to make a decision anytime, anytime soon, but the recruiting clock is, is ticking with the early signing date. I think it's something that people probably are going to, are going to have to look at because you're going to have coaches and staffs and, and, and turnover. Um, I mean, you, you look at right now what's going on. I mean, who's going out recruiting for Notre Dame right now, right? Who's going out recruiting for LSU? You got, I know they got rid of the four coaches at Nebraska. Um, you know, why? Oh, you know, I know one of the reasons they said, well, because recruiting, well, who, who, who have they named right now? Who's on the road recruiting that replaced these four guys that they, that they fired, you know? So I think when you, when you look at that early, early signing date, I think it's something that, that schools, if, you know, the way coaches are being fired now, you're going to have to look at that. Um, but man, you know, when you, when you're looking at your, your candidate pool, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great jobs out there with coaches who are there on the front end, and as a coach, you want years. It's not necessarily about money. I mean, it, it is, it is, and it isn't. I mean, coaches are paid handsomely, no matter where you go in a power five. Um, a coach would would take a, a minor pay cut to to have years in front. They want to go somewhere. They can buy a house. You know, they got a chance to be there four, five, six, seven years, not not sitting there living at the Cornhusker Marriott, you know, calling your wife and kids, FaceTiming them, you know, hoping you win enough games where they don't fire you at the end of the season. Kaz, uh, a thought here as we zoom out, reaction to Lincoln Riley to USC, and then we'll get to Notre Dame in a moment. But you surprised Lincoln left? No, no. I mean, you cut. 
you know, you're, you're switching conferences and, you know, we've been a part of that at Nebraska and, um, you know, that's hard, man. And the transition was quick. The transition at Nebraska going from 12 to 10 was, was a lot faster than what's going on with, uh, you know, with, uh, with the big 12 or with Texas and Oklahoma going to SEC. Um, you know, that happened, happened pretty quickly. Um, you know, I, I, the, the hard part about link about Oklahoma right now is the standards aren't going to change. The expectations aren't going to change, but you are playing in the SEC. And not only are you playing in the SEC, um, you know, I'm assuming they're in the West. <laughs> You're going to be playing uh, and recruiting. And, and I'm just telling you, leave. You know, when you when you leave your conference, it changes it changes recruiting. It changes the guys that you go after and the areas you go after, and that's going to change for it's going to change for Oklahoma. Um, you know, they've they've done well out in out in California. You know, you just you're just coming off a loss um, in the Big Twelve. You got some instability. You've had some instability in that conference. You're going into the SEC. I mean, let's be honest right now. What, what's what's Oklahoma? Maybe the sixth best team in the SEC right now. How many how many losses would Oklahoma have this year? Lincoln Riley, if he goes eight and four, eight and four in the SEC at Oklahoma, guess what? They Oklahoma is looking for the next Lincoln Riley. So, you know, you got USC. Um, once again, you got more money than, than you're going to know what to do with. Um, you got a home state recruiting base and you got a conference that, you know, your system fits, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if Oklahoma system would fit on an SEC schedule. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you look at the recruits that the top recruits you had, uh, California kids. And I mean, let's be honest, man. I mean, you're you're a blue blood. Look who you're playing. I mean, come on, who who do you got to beat right now? Yeah, Oregon. I mean, come on, man. It. You know, Oregon and, and Utah. Yeah, yeah, and Utah, man. You know, and Utah is yeah. I mean, Winningham, he's done he's done an unbelievable job there. Um, you know, and I think Utah wins because they line up and get under center and hand the. You know, they're big and physical. And I just think that, you know, Lincoln Riley, this, with just having those quarterbacks in his backyard, that recruiting base, and the advantages that you have at Southern Cal. Uh, and Southern Cal is just, it's, it's just one of those places, you know, they always have been flow a little bit. Um, you know, you look at in the 90s, you know, they were a 6-7 win program, and then Pete Carroll got it going. You know, they took a step back again, but – you know, you know, you got the money, which is great. You know, he was already doing well, but you know, you got, you know, you can recruit in your car. You got kids that can drive the campus. I mean, you can throw a rock, and there's probably 15 recruits that Division One Power Five recruits uh, from USC's campus. So, to me, it it makes sense. And I just I don't want to hear about this loyalty or how coaches go out. Because let me tell you, when you stop winning, don't you know they they don't care how they kick you out the house, they just want you gone. So you know, <laughs> I keep hearing all this stuff how Kelly went out, and you know they forget about 2016 when boosters were taking ads out in newspapers all over the country to get him fired. <laughs> you know when he, 
I think he went four and eight. So, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't want to hear that. That's all, that's all BS because administrations, universities, these people, they'll put you on the street in a heartbeat. Not- like what you hear, high quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, Hail Varsity Radio. A few more minutes here. Rick Kaczynski with us. Um, and Kelly went back. He talked to the players. You know, what, what do you want these guys to say, right? I mean, it's just amazing how these coaches are held to a completely different stand, a higher standard than actually government officials in our country held to a higher standard than our president. I mean, honest, quite frankly, I mean, coaches can't say what our president can say. And, you know, some of the, some of the idiotic things that come out of that office. And, um, you know, you look at the media and, and, and some of the things that they say that aren't true. I mean, it's so, but you know, a coach says something, you snip out a, a sentence of it and he's raked through the coals. So, um, you know, you know, that, that's all, that's all BS, you know, Hey, I mean, it's America. You go get paid. It's uh, supply and demand and Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly. I mean, you know, what's wrong with go making money. So, uh, I think, I think it's a good move for, for both guys, quite frankly. Kaz with Brian Kelly, what do you look at uh, with the LSU situation we know the league it's in. You just laid out the SEC, but Kelly had two top five recruiting classes, uh, a BCS, and three playoff appearances. They're sitting at six now. He's done an incredible job, but could he go possibly win a title quicker at LSU versus being at Notre Dame, despite being in a, in a perceived easier league or kind of partnership with the ACC? How do you see Kelly? Uh, in his success level at LSU, does he does he go win down there? Yeah, well, a couple things. I think you got to go go look at Notre Dame's schedule over the last decade. I don't know how many people like to play. You know, like I'm not saying it's weak. I'm just saying the so, SEC yeah, West. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, SEC. But um, yeah, but LSU. The last three coaches that have been fired there have won national championships. Yes. Um, you got in-state recruiting. You can recruit in your car. You know, you're a blue blood. You got more money. You, you got, I mean, you got everything you need to win. You, they've won national championship. I mean, they're two years removed from winning a national championship. Uh, obviously academic, academically, you can get, uh, you know, it's probably a little bit easier to get a, a few kids in. I'm not saying it's easy to get kids in at, at LSU, but uh, it's, it's, I guarantee it's easier, <laughs> you know, getting kids in LSU than it is at Notre Dame. And that's tough. You know, the, the thing about Notre Dame is, you know, Indiana, it's a small state um, with academic requirements. You know, your recruiting pool continues to shrink. And now you might get in on a kid 
from you know California, but you know there's you got to beat USC. You always got to beat the home state schools. You can get in on a kid in Ohio, but you got to beat Ohio State. You can get in on a kid at Penn State, but you got to get in. So, so I just think that you know he's 60 years old, been freezing his ass off for 12 years there. Um, won five, what 10 plus games um, over the over the last five seasons. Two play, I mean. I think he's – can Notre Dame win a, a national championship? I, I'm an alumnus. I, I don't I don't think so. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, you know, with the population shift to the southeast, to the commitment the Southeastern Conference has to football and its programs and the money um, and where the prospects are, Gosh, I mean, I think I think the stars have to. I think the stars really have to align for, for um, for a Michigan, for a Notre Dame, um, to be able to to win a national championship. So I, I think I think that definitely played into his to his decision. And uh, you know, hey, hey man, yeah, I, I love Notre Dame, and I know everybody thinks like. Hey man, this is how it is everywhere. But there's so much money at Notre Dame, and the people that you have to appease and deal with when you lose a game. I I I know that war on Coach Holtz. We had conversations about that, and I think after 12 years, it's got to wear on on uh, on Brian Brian Kelly too. Um, so uh, you know, and you're, you're talking about money. You know, his grandkids' grandkids. Will be uh, will be spending. So you know that's obviously he's already had life changing money, um, and he's made plenty of money. I don't think it's about money. I think it's hey, you know I I, I want to go win a national championship. I can go recruit in a car. I mean I, I'm just telling you that you know the, I think the recruiting the recruiting base is so so underplayed because that is so stressful. Um, that is so difficult. That is a big part of how you're how you're judged in a program. I mean, it, and it's the lifeblood of your program. And those kids down in Louisiana, man, they are tough. They are blue collar, and they are athletic, and they love the Tigers, man. I mean, they they love the Tigers. That's a that's an easy place to recruit, and you're you know you're close to Texas. I mean, you're, you know, so you got that, you can go recruit in a car and when you can go do that, instead of getting on a plane and the wind chills minus 12 and you're flying out of South Bend, um, you know, to try to convince a kid from California not to go play quarterback at USC and, you know, Notre Dame's got better looking cheerleaders that got 1500 on their SATs. I, that's, that's a hard sell. That's a tough sell brother. But, uh, you know, so, uh, so I think that's a part of it, but like everything else, we're I I, I gotta suspect there's something more there, right? I gotta suspect. Um, yeah, I don't know if he and the AD started, but I, I don't know. I mean, I hadn't, you know, you, you hear all kind of stuff, but uh, I just gotta think that there, there's gotta be a little bit more there than than what's on the surface with uh, with Coach Kelly leaving. Last thought, Kaz, give me a name for the next Notre Dame head coach. Well, I think obviously the lead candidate is that that makes sense is is Fickle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Midwest guy. I mean, you know, Notre Dame, you know, 
historically has played Purdue, played Michigan, played Michigan State. You know, it's 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 got that big Big Ten feel to it. Midwest, blue collar town. Um, you know, I, I think he just I think that makes the most that makes the most sense. You got you got history with you know guys coming from Cincinnati and being successful. You know, with with Coach Kelly with Mark D'Antonio. So you have those, those proven factors. Um, and, uh, you know, he, Columbus, Ohio, born and raised guy. And, um, you know, got a bunch of, to me, that just makes sense for him. Now, will he leave his team? If they're a playoff team to come to Notre Dame, I, I, I don't know him that well, but I don't, I don't think he's, that guy, man. I mean, he's a—he seems like a really stand-up dude. I got to play against him. Unbelievable football player. Um, but uh, you know, in would Notre Dame wait that long? I can't imagine Luke Fickle not coaching Cincinnati in the playoff game, and I can't imagine Notre Dame waiting that long. Couple more minutes with Rick Kaczynski. We'll wind it down. More thoughts on Fickle, Notre Dame, uh, Nebraska. Coach Kaz covering it all with uh, Lincoln Riley as well. And just uh, this carousel that's out of control. We'll wind out of Tuesday. Tomorrow, gentlemen, Jim Walden checks in. His thoughts on the Big Red. The pride of Ord, A.D. Markowski. Marvin Scott is in the portal. Some final thoughts. We wind out of Tuesday with Hale Varsity. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Final thoughts when we wind down a Tuesday with Kaz on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, to me, that would make the most sense. I know people have mentioned Marcus Freeman. I just don't think that's a place. I heard nothing but great things about that guy, but the people there, the money people will allow that to happen for them to hire a coach with no head coaching experience, you know, and that's probably part of the reason that college football is screwed up that a guy like Marcus Freeman probably can't get hired at Notre Dame because some people who, who donate money don't think he's the right guy and not ready. Um, you know, I heard Fitzgerald, but he said to, you know, I don't know if Pat would leave. And, you know, that's a tough sell to uh, to the Notre Dame people, you know, coaches who's had two le- two of the last three seasons as, you know, losing seasons. So that's a tough sell. But, Narduzzi? Uh, what about yeah, uh, Narduzzi or Urban or no, Campbell? No. No. Or, well, everybody lies, and I understand why. <laughs> you know, you have to come out and say, but, but – uh, you know, that's why there's confession, right? A couple of Hail Marys, you're good to go. You got you a clean slate. 
straight being Catholic. She maybe should try yeah. it out. But uh, I'm 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 dying. Um, I'm dying. I'm Lutheran. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, I just you know, I just think with uh, yeah, I I, I would love, I think Urban Urban would be you know, can 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 they do that? Can Urban coach? I don't I, in in college. I I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. He's come out and said no. I'd love to see him there. Um, he, he, I think he he'd figure out a way to win a national championship there, in my opinion. Um, but uh, man, I just uh, I just I'm, I'm just not I'm just not sure, Schmitty. I mean, I, I just uh, gosh, man, some of some of those names you just you just you just never know, man. I mean, honestly, I mean, who would have thought 24 hours ago? You know, you sent me that text yesterday about Coach Kelly. I talked to somebody on the staff there and they're like, I'm actually with, I'm recruiting with him right now. I'd be shocked. That ain't happening. That was 5:53 yesterday, yep. 5:53 PM Eastern standard time is when I had that conversation with somebody on the staff there. So, <laughs> you know, who, who knows, man, you know, who, who knows, Kaz, this was great to chat. Carousel with you, bud. Thanks for a few minutes today. Of course, man. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, apparently I need to hit confession, uh, says Kaz. Everyone lies. It's all right. But Urban and, you know, you have some reports that, that Notre Dame would wait for Luke Fickle. And and he's he's good. He's talented. And, and that'd be the guy. But Kaz is right on that I don't know that he'd ditch his playoff team to uh to do that and he beat notre dame so we'll see so the carousel continues to go 100 miles an hour does it stop and slow down for some nebraska names maybe tomorrow or is that end of the week for coach frost with him filling out his staff we'll keep you posted on just what happens who are the names where does nebraska go who can they get Want versus settle, right? All of that. And uh, tomorrow we're back at it. Four o'clock with Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.